Welcome to Telling the Tale. It's the podcast where we will talk about every single Telltale video game released under that company's existence, which in some ways continues to, uh, into today. Today we're going to talk about a really, really special Telltale Games game, but of course, in order to jump into that, I need to bring on my trusty forever co-host, Dustin Cornelius Jackson. Objection, Mitchell, you're leading the podcast. Oh, you got me. Now I have to not say what I've said, even <laughs> though the listener will remember that I said it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, I'm sure you can tell based on that very funny <laughs> courtroom-related humor that D- Justin... Dustin? Is it Dustin? Uh, we can go with Dustin. Okay, yeah, that Dustin just brought up. Uh, we have just played Law and Order Legacies. All seven episodes. Dustin, can you believe we're saying that? I thought for a long time we would never say that on this show. It really was, like, the big one. It's like, the big one. Like, just in terms of how difficult it is to get it. How much of commitment it was to play through all of these. It, it, do, do you want to tell our, our audience what we did in case they didn't join us on that lovely, fateful day? Sure. Yeah, let, let's explain what uh, we did. So, well, that might be that might be two things. So, let me let me start at the very beginning. We had this podcast. We knew that there were going to be many games that were difficult to obtain. And uh, even if we could get a hold of a physical copy... Running them somehow might be a problem with old uh, hardware technology requirements. It it was really just like a trial to get through all of uh, the Telltale games that were out there. Now, right. the current Telltale has put up on uh, on Steam at the very least, and some console efforts, uh, games like Wallace and Gromit Grand Adventures... <laughs> that's a that's a weird one to, to blank on. Okay, sorry. No, there are there are others. Uh, the tales from the uh, tales of Monkey Island, tales from the Borderlands, um, a wolf among us, the wolf among us, a wolf among us. It's the right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These, as in the specific. I one. think I'm frazzled because of how much video game we played two days ago. Yeah, you know, we're we're a little mixed up, a little frazzled. Yeah, I was telling Dustin before the recording started that my energy is back, but now I'm realizing that maybe my faculties aren't. <laughs> One step at a time. Anyway, the the company currently known as Telltale Games, they're selling a lot of Telltale Games, but not all of them. They did not get the rights to all of them. Now, the two big ones, Sam and Max and The Walking Dead, now they each went to another company, uh, Sam and Max went to Skunk Ape, which is made of a bunch of old Telltale people, and The Walking Dead went to the Walking Dead uh, IP holder. Uh, so those games are taken care of as well. Um, the Walking Dead is just currently being sold on basically every console, and Sam and Max is getting remasters, where the remasters are going to be sold on basically every console. Those are taken care of. What let what were like left behind? Beyond all of those things, were the really old stuff like Bone and um, the weirdly high license stuff like Poker Night at the Inventory, where there's a thousand licenses touching this game 
it would right. be impossible to put it back up for sale. Um, I happen to own both instances of Bone. Uh, you owned both Poker Night at the Inventory games. Yeah. Uh, Minecraft, for some reason, Microsoft has not put it back up. I, I assume Microsoft now owns the game, but it's not for sale. So we had to get physical copies of those. Now, there were physical copies of those games in existence, so that worked out. Yeah, it was um, fine. Yeah, the don't real, worry about it. the The real hard ones were the CSI games, which we needed to go back to the PlayStation Two and Wii in order to get uh, well, like physical copies, basically, and ran those basically. And basically. Uh, Law and Order Legacies. Now, Law and Order Legacies did not come out for consoles. It came out for PC and it came out for iOS. This was the height of Telltale really pushing their adventure games on iPad, which was a big moment. Yeah, we all remember where we were. We all remember where we were when Telltale was trying to push their adventure games on iPad. (laughs) I think they had an exclusivity deal with um, Apple for a certain amount of time before they were even bringing it it to other things. Right. That sounds right. Yeah, it, but because this game wasn't initially very successful, in, in my understanding, I don't think we'll ever know full sales numbers, they didn't bring this one to consoles later. They just kind of kept it on iOS and PC. And then, in 2015, that's 2015, only four years after it originally came out, not even related to the company going bankrupt, they chose to delist it. Isn't that fucked up? It's a little fucky. It's a little fucky for sure. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I I know that they need to pay some money to Law & Order people, probably, right? Uh, right. But I don't know if it's... Well, I assume it's not a royalty per, uh, like, unit sold. Because if it was a royalty per unit sold, they would just keep it on the market. Yeah. Uh, and then they would just... If they sold one copy, they're like, okay, go mail them their 40 cents. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they just they just pulled it. So I assume there was, like, some subscription to the license that they were not affording um, in just having the game out there. It wasn't selling any copies. So they pulled right. it, and Pirates didn't care about it (laughs) (laughs) video game piracy is rampant and it seems like anything anywhere is just on like it's online everywhere instantly this game seems to have never been online everywhere (laughs) Um, no one wanted to make sure people could play it yeah it's not to say that we would have pirated the game because we wouldn't say that oh heaven forbid but let's just say we we couldn't (laughs) <laughs> uh it, it was really not an option right yeah it, it was they were making our job very difficult yeah so um there was one person online reselling a seemingly legitimately uh found steam key for law and order legacies that they've just been holding on to since at least 2015 um, have not been able to sell it. It's just the one. <laughs> it was the one that existed online. So uh, y- your favorite podcast host had to drop a little change and 
purchased the very rare video game, and we have now played all seven episodes of Law and Order Legacies. Was it worth it? Uh, I'm asking. Was it worth I... it? <laughs> Please well, say yes. <laughs> it was worth it for me because I didn't pay for it. <laughs> sure, sure. You're really just coasting. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's fine. Uh, of all the games out there, I think this is the one I'm fine with coasting on. Um, yeah, well, in, in some ways, it's the most important game that we have ever covered on the show. <laughs> in, in Name the ways. You can't play it at home, so we have to play it for you. Yes, um, sorry. Yeah, in, in all the other games, except like maybe some of those CSI games... It, it was really just impossible to imagine curious people at home figuring out how to play it for themselves. Um, or, or sorry, it, it was possible. It is impossible for this one. I cannot imagine you doing what I did. Um, <laughs> for, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's delisted. But Guardians of the Galaxy, you, you can find the hard copy for consoles. And it'll work. Yeah, and it's not even, like, that expensive to get a physical copy of it. Yeah, some of these are, like, most of these are around, like, 20 bucks. And then some of the slightly more rare ones, they're like, oh, no, 40 bucks. And <laughs> <laughs> trying to scare me. How how condescending. <laughs> Ooh, oh, no, oh, get out of here. so rare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, retro video games can go for a lot of money. So that really is not too bad. Yeah, Banjo I mean, Pilot for the Game Boy Advance goes for like $50 now. Can you believe that? I mean, 50 that, new games go for 70 so that's like, it's still not that crazy, you know? Right, but it's Banjo Pilot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's not even cars. That's, that's true. Uh, so let's talk about Law about and that. Order Legacies. I would, I would love to. Uh, it originally released with its first two episodes on December 22nd, 2011. And then episode three, January 6th, 2011. Then episode four is January 20. Uh, episode five is February 9. Episode six is uh, February 25. And then episode seven is about a month after that, uh, March 26th. So there wasn't really a stable cadence for these right um yeah it looks like between episodes so episodes one and two came out on the same day then between episodes two and three it was two weeks and then three and four was two weeks four and five looks like it was closer to like three weeks five and six was two and a half weeks and then six and seven was a month. Just kind of dropping them whenever they felt like it. Yeah, that last gap between six and seven makes me wonder, like, how firmly they were holding on by the end. But yeah, this is a seven episode season. Uh, Minecraft Story Mode Season 1 technically had eight episodes because of the three uh, DLC episodes that came out after the season concluded, technically. Right. But uh, this... This is just planned for seven. How do you feel about that? It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it, a lot of them. Yeah, um, it's a lot for... 
it, it it's a weird choice of IP to get that many episodes. But I guess given how simple the game is, it kind of makes sense. Well, it 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 doesn't. It doesn't. I I will say that um, two of these could could have been cut, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll talk about which two as we get there. Uh, the designer and writer for the season, like the season planner of this game was Ryan Kaufman. Uh, and Ryan Kaufman's a name that we've seen a bunch all over the place with Telltale. Um, all over the place. And uh, Wikipedia has very thankfully given me writer's credits for each episode. So let's really quickly go. Episode 1, Revenge, was written by Ryan Kaufman. Episode 2, Home to Roost, was written by Ari Kaplan and Andy Hartzell. Episode 3, Killer Smart, was written by Ed Quaynell and... Ryan Kaufman. Episode 4, Nobody's Child, was written by Andy Hartzell. Episode 5, Ear Witness, was written by Ed Quaynell and Ryan Kaufman. Episode 6, Side Effects, was written by Andy Hartzell. And Episode 7, Resolution, was written by Ryan Kaufman. So there we go. We got a lot of writers. We got a lot of... This is a big effort. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Good job, Ryan Kaufman. Yeah. Um, so, Dustin. Hello. After I do the credits, after I say when the game came out, after I tell the audience what we played, um, I normally ask you a very specific recurring question, and I'm a little afraid to do it today. <laughs> why? What's, what's the question, Mitchell? You lay it on me. I, I don't know why <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm not, I won't bite. My question is, what did you think? I thought it was okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, we 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 talked about it. Like even when we were playing, I I was like, this this could be worse. And yeah. like I felt like it got better in the second half, even. Uh, not to the point that it's like I'm not like in love with this game, but you know, for this kind of game, I was expecting way worse. I was expecting like maybe a little better than CSI. And to be fair, they're they are pretty simple. Like they're not like full telltale games where you go around exploring picking things up etc etc i'd say gameplay wise they're even simpler than uh csi in some cases well csi but, um, is i would not say csi is simple you know i like csi right. had a lot of things we needed to do yeah a lot um, of lot of little gadgets and gizmos yeah we needed to really learn the language of how that series worked by the end of it yeah we we were fluent in csi by the end yeah, these uh, these Law and Order episodes. I I should clarify as well. We played them over uh, Twitch stream uh, a couple days ago. Thank you, everyone who came by to watch us play that. It lasted nine hours for the seven episodes, which is an average of about. It's it's certainly less than one and a half. It's like one and a, a dozen minutes or so. One hour right. and a dozen minutes. Pretty short episodes. Um, yeah. Each. If you play them one at a time, <laughs> uh, if you play them all at once, it does take nine hours and you'll be a little stumped by the end of it because you spent all of your smart points earlier on. Yeah, we were getting it was getting a little tricky to focus on anything in that last episode. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I agree that the game was pretty OK. Yeah, 
like I said, you know, it's not like a game that I would want to come back to very often, if at all. But for like a game I was forced to play for a podcast. Uh, yeah, I thought it was not bad. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to compare it to other things that we've played because the obvious comparison is CSI. And just because they're both crime procedurals does not really mean they did much of the same thing. Yeah, we were worried at first. I remember when we first started, you were like, oh, no, it's exactly like CSI. And it, it really wasn't. I was I was jumping the gun. It was not exactly like CSI. It was closer to L.A. Noir at certain points. Yeah, that uh, got is, you really excited. Yeah, I love L.A. Noir. Uh, it, it also isn't like L.A. Noir. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it just has moments. So, so here's how it breaks down. Every episode has a detective part. We can call that the order part. And the lawyer part uh, in in the courts, we can call that the law part, where we're gathering evidence, doing interrogations, issuing uh, ultimately an arrest as the detectives. And then we transfer over. And these are all show characters, by the way. So there's people that uh, our our good friend of the show, Cameron Regal, he was watching the stream. Uh, Cameron recognized all these characters. Good for him. Good I didn't him. recognize any because I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, I did not know any of these characters' names. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you jump from playing as one of the uh, detectives or two of the detectives to being one of the lawyers. And that's kind you, of a fun structure they got. Yeah, switching, yeah. Like, partway through, kind of mix it up. Yeah, and it, it simultaneously doesn't do a whole lot with it, and also undoes the entirety of the CSI formula in like one <laughs> swoop because yes. as soon as we were playing as the lawyer it made me realize like oh we could have had some fun with this in CSI and they didn't want to do that I guess that's just not <laughs> how that show works it's crime scene investigation that makes sense right. as soon as they're in the courts we say like okay maybe they'll go free I don't know <laughs> yeah that's not our job <laughs> that is yeah we don't care about that uh <laughs> where in this case um we really are responsible for putting people away. We we had some people actually leave the Twitch stream because they're like, "I don't want to. I don't like this." <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I understand them. I, I yeah, yeah. I don't want to put people away. That doesn't seem like the right thing to do. You're you're going downtown, Buster Brown. Especially because the um, the severity of the crimes in each of these cases wildly different each time wild right yeah uh some some of them deserve to be put away but oh for sure. some of them very do yeah um, <laughs> and then others are like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> could i just slap this guy on the wrist yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so, so that's that's one a- aspect of this game. You're, you're jumping between the detective part and the lawyer part. But the detective part really works like, like the Walking Dead style games. You're not making choices, but you are just sort of going. You're, you're like sometimes looking for something in the environment, circling it, and then you found it. Uh, but other than <laughs> that, you're, you're just like sort of going through a conversation. Yeah, it it really is like a, like an I Spy game where you just look around at a picture and circle what you need to find. 
Yeah. Whereas in CSI, we were tasked with like, okay, let's on our own accord, choose to go back to this apartment, look around, find a blood spatter, mop it up with a sponge or whatever, test it, see if that blood matches anything. And this is like all player driven choices that we have to do. And in Law and Order, they're like, eh, you'll get that. You'll you'll get the blood. Don't worry about it. We're we're on our way yeah. to the story. So Yeah, and, and it just sends you where you need to be at that moment in time. You don't have to worry about knowing where to go if you missed anything. You just just do it. Yeah. I this is one of those things where I don't know how our experience doing this for a podcast really translates to the game's quality. Because right. when we're doing it for the podcast, we're so relieved when the game just sends us along, you know. Uh, <laughs> right, but like, if, I if think it were... if you're playing something, you you want a little bit more out of it. Yeah, exactly. But after so many CSIs, yeah, it was very relieving to not have to worry about just any of that stuff. Yeah, the the opposite, where the game does not send you along, can can be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's one thing about it. And then when you're doing the lawyer part, there's this really interesting, I thought it was pretty interesting, like, demand of the player, okay, how much are you actually paying attention to what's been said and what people have done and the, the, the surroundings you're in? Because you're going to have to check people on their lies in court. Uh, yeah. And, and really, it, it's going to test your, uh, like, reading comprehension yeah one thing i really liked about it was uh so you'd get a pop-up here and there that just let you know when you can object yeah and it it wasn't like every time that pops up that means yes there is something to object to here sometimes objecting is the wrong call sometimes mm -hmm. they're just like right yeah or like it'll say um one of the witnesses will say no, I was there. It was Christmas. And <laughs> then it'll say, do you believe him? And then we can say, no. And then it'll say, why don't you believe him? And you'll need to remember, like, a specific occurrence saying, like, yeah, the New Year had just happened from, like, 20 minutes prior. And, like, well, if the New Year had yeah. just happened, it wasn't Christmas. <laughs> mm, I caught you. I caught you in a lie, bub. Yeah, and you have a transcript in the upper left that can let you... It, it lets you look back at just, like, all of the dialogue so far. So you can... Yeah. But sometimes that's a lot to go through. Like, I think you got up to, like, 11 pages sometimes. That's yeah, a yeah, lot of Yeah, it goes back far. It's the whole episode is, is, yeah. uh, is in there, and that, that can be over an hour of transcript. Mostly yeah. just people talking. So it's a lot to read over, and the pages are long. Uh, but you do have access to it. So if you're reading back like, okay, did he say it was after New Year's? I don't know. <laughs> then, <laughs> then you can go back for that. So that's that's cool. I think that's a pretty interesting thing. Now on stream, I think we complained about it a good amount of times because we we weren't we weren't smart enough for it. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> we weren't smart enough for it. Yeah. Uh, we were very tired by the end of the seventh episode, i.e. the ninth hour of doing it. Got a uh, lot harder. It did get quite a bit harder. It also just got harder because the game gets har uh, a little harder as you go on. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe we would have we done. Ready for that. 
maybe we would have done better if we weren't marathoning the whole season. Like, if we did these, like, one a week, maybe we would have been better lawyers. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah, who's to say? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was actually kind of cool that it was asking us to remember this stuff. Now, that's really the only challenging thing the game had. There's no, um, like, adventure game stuff here. There's no, no QTEs. No QTEs to do. No choices, like Walking Dead style choices to make. It's all just kind of in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all just sort of in the game. Um, so if you're feeling like, oh, this sounds cool. Remember what we said a moment ago. You can't play this. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Uh, but we did stream it all on my Twitch channel. So if you go to twitch.tv slash the wolf fm that's t-h-e-w-o-l-f-e-f-m uh the nine hour broadcast should be saved as a highlight so <laughs> doesn't that sound enticing yeah you can you can go watch that uh <laughs> yeah uh oh here here's one more cool thing before i i, I want to talk about each episode soon so we, right. we give each one their due uh because they did release e- episodically it's not like jurassic park or CSI, where they all released it once, so we just covered them at once. We kind of are covering them all here because I, I feel like there is, at the core of it, only one thing to talk about. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but one cool thing is that the episodes jump back and forth between present day, 2011, and 13 years prior in or, or or like around 11 years prior like depending on the episode it jumps back to uh so you've got this like y2k era law and order and <laughs> the 20 teens era law and order you're jumping between them um because there's this at, at the end episodes six and seven are about one story that has relevant things happen in the old time and the new time yeah I, I think that's a fun I I, I think it's interesting at it the took same me time. a while to realize it was happening yeah exactly what it I took me like to three say. episodes <laughs> <laughs> what's happening here yeah and and Cameron in the chat very I don't know if he understood how instrumental he was I would not have realized what was happening if he wasn't going like well yeah so if uh if Ray Curtis is uh with Olivia Benson in this time period. Well, that means Briscoe is dead. And I'm like, why is Briscoe dead? And like, well, Briscoe died in the mid 2000s. I don't know. What did Briscoe do to to deserve this? I guess he died. Yeah. So there's a one, two, three. There's three episodes in the past and then four in the, the modern era. Yeah. Yes. It's episodes one, three, five and seven are in 2011 in two four and six are in 99 2000 area cool um yeah that's a cool idea i i think that's just an interesting thing to do yeah all right uh <laughs> <laughs> dustin how should we how should we tackle this um that's a good question. I it's guess a bit loaded start, of a question. Yeah, I guess know? we should start. Uh, it, it would make sense to start with the first episode. Okay, you're right. True. Um, the first episode is episode one, Revenge. 
Um, and the, the, the whole vibe of the case is a maid at this hotel was murdered. Yes, Rachel Trevino. Nice, good. So Rachel Trevino was murdered. And through talking to like 40 different people, you eventually get to learn <laughs> that it was probably this Russian ambassador who's in town for the for a momentary amount of time. And he's claiming diplomatic immunity so he can just kill all the maids he wants, I suppose. Yeah, I, he can, I can just do that. Yeah, I don't know if diplomatic immunity lets you just do well, everything. Well, remember, he only had like partial diplomatic immunity. Well, even if he had full diplomatic immunity, I don't think you should let them just kill people, probably. Yeah, that's, that's, that seems like you can't just let them do whatever they want still. Yeah, yeah. Well, so this this ended up being talked about during the court scene where he was like, well, I have diplomatic immunity. And then our lawyer says, well, first off, diplomatic immunity might not work how you think it does. And also, <laughs> you seem to only have partial diplomatic immunity with uh, things related to your mission abroad. Uh, and there was a lot of discussion of like, okay, well, is this related or not? Uh, on, like, on paper. And then, Rachel Trevino's dad was there in the courtroom. He just shoots the Russian guy right then and there. Uh, yeah, the because, whole case gets turned topsy-turvy. Yeah, and his his thing was, well, he's going around... He's uh he's raping people like just raping people in everywhere he goes and that's actually what Rachel Trevino was gonna write she she wrote a blog about it and she was one of the people who was um and and so she's trying to expose him and so he kills her for exposing him right um so like this is a terrible guy and the the bereaved father of the deceased is there. He can take it into his own hands when the courts might have a problem with the diplomatic immunity thing. Uh, so he takes he takes care of that and shoots him. And then now, we we hate that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. How, how did you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I it, it it's tricky because this guy sucked so bad but also if you just come in you should not be allowed to come into a court and shoot someone i think yeah <laughs> i i think that's also like a bad thing to have happen yeah it probably it, it it immediately makes the player like okay you're on the side of taking down this dad right like i don't care about this dad this seems bad <laughs> yeah like i i get where this guy is coming from yeah, in terms of what I'm paying attention to as a lawyer, I think I like I've got other things to do than this guy first, right? And like, <laughs> and, and the, the the game's rhetoric was like, no, 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 we can't have people just disobeying the laws of court. This is important. <laughs> we need to set this guy down the river. We need to lock him up forever. So that's what the law part of this episode really is. You're actually going against. Um, uh chav trevino is his name i think uh i just that sounds right i just wrote down mr trevino i probably should have written down a first name so the dad is chav and then like the brother of the deceased also is mickey trevino he's important later uh right anyway we 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 locked him up we locked him up good 
Yeah, he was in the wrong. Uh, Mickey Trevino uh, brought the gun for his dad. Yeah. Um. So not great, Mickey, but it's a tricky situation. There's also a moment where you're asked if you want to make a plea deal. And you kind of just can. You're like, well, let, let's do this uh, lighter sentence. But we'll get him to say he's guilty right now rather than go through the whole rigmarole and possibly lose. Uh, which we did once. We lost once. Yeah. And I don't. I still don't know if it's possible to win that case or not. But um, yeah. I think yeah, it is. And, and we messed up. I don't know how we messed up. We'll, we'll get to that. That's yeah, a later that, That's case, episode but... four. Uh but yeah, uh, you you can take this plea deal and like your your lawyer boss friend person um, McCoy. His name is McCoy. He's a show character. He he's saying like I want murder one, which is first degree murder. I want murder one for this guy. He went into my court and was mean, so I want more murder <laughs> one. Uh, so like you you can work on the plea deal because they're going to say like manslaughter in the second degree is their negotiating tactic so that right. you can say like well maybe murder second degree or maybe manslaughter first degree or try to move it up a little bit and we we said no deal because we we thought we could get him for murder first degree yeah do you uh, think in retrospect you would have tried to get this guy a lighter sentence the game the game says not to <laughs> <laughs> the, the right, game, but then the game has decided that for all of these people, the maximum possible sentence is best, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, that is what be- the game has decided that it wants to do. Yeah, but going forward, we did do some of the plea deals. Yeah, but that was we we weren't always doing well. <laughs> right, <laughs> we weren't <laughs> always true. doing well in court. Right, that that's true. I think for the most part we did pretty good overall, though. Yeah, I think so. We can feel good about it. Yeah. Um, we can feel good about putting these people in the slammer. So we gave that guy murder one, and it took uh, the... that That's basically this episode, but at the end there's a little stinger. There's a little stinger, Dustin. Woo! Where uh, the lawyers are talking... <laughs> the detectives are talking amongst themselves, and they're like... Hey, that gun that Mickey Trevino, the the dad, dad Trevino used, (laughs) that gun, guess what it was also used for? The preppy joggers murder. (laughs) Not uh, the preppy joggers murder. Dustin, the very same. Uh, they, They start building up this lore of this murder from way back in the day, the preppy joggers that had been unsolved up till present day. Um, right and uh that ends up being the uh the subject of episodes six and seven way down the line so in episodes one two three four and five we're just given like little bits of like oh hey allison how are you you're looking so much better now that you're not almost being killed in a park uh like just uh little little hints that like one day we're gonna talk about this preppy joggers case right in in this way it is very csi that is yeah that's a very csi move although csi is more like it comes together at the end this is more like we're pushing towards something which i like more i think this is better yeah no Um, i agree yeah um what what is weird though is that like 
I guess we're st- skipping ahead a little bit to talk about this, but the cases in six and seven are not the preppy joggers case. They're like after effects where we find out what happened, but like we're, we're they're about other things. So this murder that everyone talks about, we never see it. Uh, the original court case, we never, uh, we never try it. It's other things afterwards. So we're, we're like kind of in a constant state of just knowing this one case happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- that first episode, that was detective Ray Curtis and Olivia Benson. Uh, Olivia, Olivia Benson, Benson, by the way, is from Law and Order SVU, uh, the the spinoff show. So uh, because she's like a, a a fan favorite, I guess they brought her in, and then it became more of a different eras of Law and Order coming together kind of thing. Right, kind of kind of the best of collection. Best of, except for like one main guy, I guess. Right. Uh, who who Cameron talked about, and I, I looked him up. And, of course, like, yeah, that was in- immediately apparent that uh, main guy is not in there. Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I recognized him immediately. Um, oh, but I'm, I'm missing the name again now. Uh, oh, I got to look this up. What's that guy's name? Uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my my, my goodness gracious. Uh, not... No... <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! And I didn't look this guy up at all. So just imagine the position I'm in right now. Oh no! Uh, okay, wait, wait. There's a there, uh, there's a sequel show. There's a, a sequel show, <laughs> uh, um, Law and Order, like organized crime that's currently running. Um, and it stars the, Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney. Maloney. Christopher Maloney plays Elliot Stabler, who is, I think, maybe one of the most standout Law & Order characters. It's the only character that, once I saw a picture of this guy, I was like, oh yeah, I, re- I recognize him from off of Law & Order. Uh, <laughs> he's not in the game, and I guess he like left for one or two years, a very small amount of time, and then came back to the franchise. And that amount of time was when this game came out. Gotcha. Yeah, I recognize him from not being in this game. Yeah, he his presence is unfelt in a way that you feel. <laughs> that you know what I was gonna say exactly that. Yeah. Um. So so how do you feel about episode one? It was fine. I I feel like I like I said I, I feel like the cases get better as they go. And this one we were kind of easing ourselves into it a bit. We weren't sure what we were gonna be doing, so a little more apprehensive towards it. But I think it was fine overall yeah so it's definitely built to like ease you into it but i think both of them are like or or sorry this this episode is definitely one of the ones that i think you could have cut and then move the tutorialization of all the processes into a later episode yeah i Uh, I get you the the hotel maid murder thing it doesn't work. And like the fact that this uh this one gun was used in this other case that we also don't know about at this time period makes <laughs> me think like, okay, well this could have been any gun or any knife. You know This could have been any gun in the series. Uh so episode two, Home to Roost, came out at the same day. So this was a one two punch, two episodes at once. Um and this is in the past. This is a nineteen ninety nine episode. Yeah, now you got Lenny Briscoe. Yeah, so Ray this is 
like the modern day Ray Curtis is old, but this is a Ray Curtis who's who's pretty new on the job, and he's partnered with Lenny Briscoe, uh, who at the time that this episode or, or the, like this at this time in the show's history, Lenny Briscoe was I, I guess one of the more important guys, right? Um, and he's fun. He I like this guy. I like Briscoe. He, he's got all the lines. He's got all the little quips. Yeah, this guy can't stop quipping. He's only yeah, quips. even even at uh pretty uh, inappropriate moments, I would say. Yeah, uh, we also do find out that the preppy joggers case was Briscoe's. Like it was his personal project, and he right. was emotionally connected to the case as well. Like he he helped out I, with like legalese stuff, I guess. Uh, one of the two victims, the, the surviving victim of the preppy joggers case. Um, but other than that, we don't get any of that this episode. This is, uh, yeah. um, wow. Wikipedia is not helping me out. The description on Wikipedia is in 1999, Ray Curtis and Lenny Briscoe investigate when a body is discovered with a gash on the thigh. Yeah. It, well, a gash on the thigh is maybe underselling it. It's the one with, uh, the wife opens the door and her husband is like covered in blood. Right, home to roost. It's a chicken yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's he's covered in blood, and some of it is they not chickens. human. It's chicken blood. Yeah. Uh, what what a what a thing. I also <laughs> think this one could have been cut. I think these first two episodes could have been cut. I thought this one was kind of fun, though. I I like the chicken theme. Yeah, I well, if I were to cut one old one and one new one i think it would be the the first two episodes or one yeah. old time period one and one new time period one i agree i um, i do yeah. think i preferred this one to the first one though just a little more fun i more I, fun I agree i think that the first overall the first one is probably the weakest episode in the whole series yeah but even then i wouldn't say it was like awful or anything no, it's just it, it's just pretty boring. <laughs> um, and and this one, I think this one's problem was it went on a little too long. Um, was this the longest one? I f- I remember one of them. I think the like first one was the longest one, and I, wh- gotcha. whatever is the first one is going to have all the tutorialization and stuff. So, right, that makes, that sense. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dustin, what you got for notes? Because you were, I was playing, I was in the driver's seat, and Dustin was taking notes. What you got for notes for this one? Uh, remember Nanny? There is a Nanny, yes. Yeah, she had a Harley Quinn-ass voice. She had a very, uh, Mr. J sort of pudding, uh, voice. We loved that. Um, And she was Wiccan. That was a fun sort of throwaway idea that they didn't come back to. (laughs) (laughs) She she just was that. It made me, it made me think it was going to be a little more important to the episode, but no, it's, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's, that's inclusivity right there. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't matter. She just is that. Yeah. So uh, it was Neil Jensen who died. Neil Jensen. So Neil Jensen had had a very silly death. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like a year or two ago, uh, he was tasked with, because <laughs> him and his wife were raising four hens, but one of them turned out to be a rooster because it's hard to tell the sex of a chick when they're very young. So, uh, because the wife had grown emotionally attached to the rooster, she's like, I can't kill this rooster. You have to take it to, uh, some sort of farm or something, but they're in New York city. 
So it's a very long drive, and he had to take like public transportation. So he's not <laughs> bringing this whole rooster places. No so he way. Goes, he goes down the street and asks a local uh, butcher shop if they do cockfights in the back. And they do. Of course they do. So he's like, oh, this is so much better than me taking this rooster on the bus. This will be our, <laughs> we'll cockfight with this rooster. It's going to be yeah, so what, much easier. What could go wrong? Yeah, and then, uh, so later on, he gets killed by the rooster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, El Jefe. El Jefe. The uh, whole time I wanted them to bring him up to the stand, but they never did. Yeah, they never brought the rooster to the stand because the rooster is dead. Right. That's a good reason. It's in the trash can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just threw away the whole rooster. Like, this is, <laughs> this is a very CSIS, like, premise for an episode. <laughs> it's really the only one that I think in the premise of it felt like those CSI level kind of stories. Yeah, but it, it felt like one of the better, sillier ones. Yeah, the the, the boogie foot yeah. tier ones. <laughs> boogie foot? Yeah. He has two of them. Yeah, he's like a Sasquatch and also a boogeyman. <laughs> um, yeah, so you you bring up his uh, like cockfighting partner on the stage because uh, I guess he just sort of watched him bleed out. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. He just sat there and was like, whoa. Yeah, he, he sat there and watched him bleed out for like two hours. That sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, and then when they asked him why he did that, he was like, I don't know, I was nervous. I and, just didn't uh, want to deal with it. You know what, that's a that's a fair gross neglect, gross negligence charge. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, and I think that w- we did give him a plea deal because we were like, okay, this is gross negligence. I'm not going to try to say it's murder, you know. Yeah, this uh, this obviously is, is not as bad as you thought it was and and it felt like the episode went by a lot faster once we took that deal they were just like all right we oh came yeah to an yeah we took the deal and we we're like maybe we should just take the deal every time <laughs> we, this, this <laughs> we decided the episode very quickly it. we just we decided we we put a little more effort into it than that but this one time we were like oh this is this is easy yeah i think there were a few opportunities for us to take uh to really cut corners and we didn't do it yeah I'm yeah. proud of us. Yeah, I'm proud of us. We, we we took the plea deal when it made sense to do and no other times. Even though we <laughs> yeah. knew it could shave off like 15 minutes sometimes. Like a Which lot. Which is great when you're doing a stream of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any, any Anything else with this one? Uh, not really, but uh, his partner's name was Ricardo Guzman. Thank you. Just thought I'd throw his name in there yeah this didn't that did not come up <laughs> later on uh mickey trevino the the brother from the uh first episode he did come up later on in the in episode seven i think um, right yeah you never know what's going to be important that yeah, one wasn't yeah. I, I guess this was just to establish that we are going back in time to the briscoe era of law and order uh and we are there, there was another scene with Allison at the end of this episode. Allison from the Preppy Joggers case. Um, right. Where she has a baby now. And she's like, I was pregnant during the the uh, the Preppy Joggers shooting. This is a baby. And Briscoe goes, <laughs> oh, so good. 
even though <laughs> she's like a teen mom and like i don't know how we feel about this whole thing where now she doesn't seem to have any family or uh her the father of the baby was killed in the murder but yeah actually probably not a great situation yeah but I, i'm glad they're healthy uh episode yeah. three is killer smart um why is it called that because the killer is dumb oh okay yeah, it's a, it's a real inversion of expectations here. Yeah, they they really flip the script. Yeah, so this potential trigger warning just for this podcast and talking about it. These people raped and killed so many prostitutes. This is the the idea of the fact that we're going from a guy who didn't get help fast enough and that's the crime when his partner was uh killed by a rooster to two people who are working in tandem to rape and murder countless prostitutes definitely by a lot makes this feel like a huge increase in in stakes like enormous increase i guess that's how the show is sometimes it's silly and sometimes you got this going on um but yeah this definitely this is serious. Yeah, I mean, I guess they can't all be cockfighting roosters. Yeah. Um, also, we get new uh, show character Mike Logan to consult with us on this one. Yeah, he's not there for like a long time, but uh, he shows up. Yeah, he's really not there for that long. Um, we we do we we do see a lot of we get to interview uh, some sex workers. And talk to a pimp named Bankroll. Uh, and we love talking to Bankroll. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Uh, and it was all, pretty good. It all led to this pairing of people. One is like a very well-to-do socialite. And the other is his like gardener person. And it turns out what they do is the gardener person um, tries to rape these sex workers and then uh the socialites thing is murder so he's whenever the gardener's done the the socialites like well we can't let anyone find out about it and uh that's that's that whole thing uh so you do take him down and um the i guess the twist if if you can call it that with this episode is that they try to represent themselves yeah, it's like a it for for doing such uh, horrible things. They sure try to make these guys into like a comedy routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about these guys because you you you're starting to feel bad for the gardener one, and then you remember like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on. This is this is Hold not on. a guy you should feel bad for. This guy, while not the murder one, was the rape one. Yeah. And that is at least the second worst thing in the episode. Yeah. At um, least. So you have to try to get the so they're representing each other. Yeah. Um you have to try to get them to turn on each other. Yeah, because you realize what's happening is that the 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 smarter well-to-do socialite person, he is like purposefully tanking the case into needing a plea deal. And he's doing that 
in order for the results of this case to all be against this the, this gardener of his who he's kind of selling down the river right. um and him like he he's gonna get some like probation but he'll mostly be off yeah um yeah and and you know that like he's the real like worst person they're both terrible people but he's he's a very dangerous person uh probably the worst of the two so you need to not let that happen that's the that's the law thing there right he's also the smarter of the two so he's got this whole scheme all figured out yeah i i guess killer smart but the rape gardener one dumb was like too long of a title <laughs> that's true that that might not be marketable not marketable um i mean the game turned out not to be marketable so that's true <laughs> yeah uh yeah a, a bummer of an episode but i, I will say like a, a fairly gripping one uh the stakes were quite high i thought that the thing with the courts was interesting that probably would not have been a good first episode so if we cut episodes one and two we'd have to move the other ones around uh, because yeah, I, I don't I think you want this first I think episode no. five, Ear Witness, should have been episode one, but we'll get to it. I, I agree that one's a little uh, lower stakes. Um, this episode did have a, a very good uh, back and forth, though, with uh, the judge. Uh, do you remember? No. Um, so the judge, whose name I did not write down, uh, said, uh, I suggest we take a recess so your lawyer can explain this to you. And then uh, Patty Jackson, who's the rapist gardener, says, uh, but I'm my lawyer. And the judge says, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't represent yourself in court, I suppose. That's the yeah. the takeaway here. <laughs> you shouldn't do any of the other things they did either. And there's a lot of takeaways here. Right, that's probably, like, lower on the list of things you should not do that they did. Yeah, so I believe we got them both for first-degree murder. Yeah, I think we did a good job. Yeah, good. Like, they did it, so... Yeah. Uh, and other stuff, too. I think that we got those counts as well, but uh, at the very least, they are in prison for murder first-degree. So, yeah. that's good. Um, so, next we got episode four, Nobody's Child. Uh, I think I said this was my favorite. It was pretty good. This is when the cases started getting more gripping, I think. Yeah, I, I think in retrospect, the the combination of episodes six and seven with the preppy joggers case is the best thing in it. But uh, like outside of that, uh, I, I do like the concept of this one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what you got in your notes? A dead kid found in the alley. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, so there is a, a child who has been killed. Uh, yes. Aaron Bauer. That was his name, right? Yeah, Aaron Bauer. Sounds right. Um, so his body is found, and it's new. this was New Year's Eve, right? This was yeah, New Year's yeah. Eve, and importantly, New Year's Eve 1999. So it yeah. was the big New Year's. By Here's the way, Dustin, do you remember millennium. do you remember what you were doing New Year's uh going into 2000? Yes, actually. What were you doing? I was playing Nick Nicktoons Racing on the PC. Nice. 
Yeah, I, I remember exactly where I was because, you know, my family had like some friends of the family over. Uh, they were all talking, but the kids were just kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. Uh, everyone was still up for it. I just remember that's what I was doing. And then uh, it became the year 2000. Yeah. You uh, you want to know what I was doing? What were you doing? I was asleep. I had been awake for previous New Year's, but for whatever reason, my parents decided, eh, it's not that important. And then Don't worry about this one. I've been a little upset about it for the past 23 years. <laughs> I've definitely carried a little bit of like... Okay. You have a chip on your shoulder? The, the fact that we're alive at this time is wild, right? Like, you understand why <laughs> this is a big one? Come on, guys. Keep me up for this. Why... <laughs> Yeah, Mitchell, you missed the whole Y2K. Because I woke up at like 1 a.m. and I saw fireworks going outside and I checked the clock and I'm like, what? How how could this have happened? <laughs> I, I was not conscious for the new millennium. Yeah, I, a little upset about it for sure. The fact that like I lived through one of the biggest calendar changes that really one of the two big ones we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, well, and, well, here's yeah. here's some good news, Mitchell. Uh, as this episode has proven to us, you could have had a worse New Year's. That's true. Uh, yeah, because I was only five at the time. Um, but this 12-year-old had it way worse, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, this 12-year-old had blunt force trauma all over the body. He was discovered by a homeless person who turned out to be a, a big red herring and was not related to the case yeah he ne- he never comes back you think he's gonna be like a, a big factor it, that's right right like he he didn't come back for the whole case he didn't come back for the whole case the reason he was there was because uh he was a conspiracy theorist about the y2k bug which um i i actually hold close to my chest was not a conspiracy it was a real problem it was a real actual problem with a lot of computer software and like many other problems that are later regarded as hoaxes, but aren't, uh, it was just solved by a lot of very hardworking, talented people tackling an important problem working together, uh, where a lot of software was just not going to roll over to the, the right date correctly and it was going to crash. Um, that was true, and then the software got fixed before it happened, so it was okay. Good for them. Good for them, right? It's all the yeah. same thing with the hole in the ozone layer. The reason you don't hear about the hole in the ozone layer anymore, it's not because it was fake. It's because we fixed it. We like had a lot of updates to uh, our, our aerosols and uh, our chemical outputs that were tearing a hole in the ozone layer. And now we simply don't have the hole anymore. Uh, yeah, we, we fixed it. You and I did a good job. We, we did. It was me. I You're fixed what? it, and no one... It, it, people are saying, like, oh, I guess I didn't have to worry about it. No, you did, because that made me fix it. I did. I fixed it. That's so interesting that I said we fixed it, and then you decided to <laughs> say it was all you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way cool. the podcast goes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> The, you know what the shittiest part about that is? Is I have no way to disprove it. Yeah, no, it was me, though. Uh, <laughs> so uh, th- this child turned out to belong to a Child Protective Services agency that was not affiliated with the municipality of New York. It was a private agency. Right. And, and that turned out to be important. 
Um, and their whole thing, it, it, it's like led by this thought leader who's published books on the thing, uh, was the first priority is to keep the family intact. Right. So Dr. If, Montrose. Even if there's history of abuse or, or drug use in the family, we're not just going to separate the kid. Uh, we're going to work on rebuilding that family. Good in theory, this kid was murdered by being beat by his mom. Yeah. So it, it did not work. It out. didn't seem to work out here. Um, and, and that was the crux of this episode. It was like, can we prove that Dr. Montrose, who is on trial for this, is the person responsible for the negligence that led to um, this child's death? And I thought it was an the... interesting, interesting episode, yeah. interesting quandary to tackle. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree. And it, it turns out that... Uh, so, so if you go by the pattern of episodes before this, you would think that you would be bringing the mom to court for this. But no, uh, she also dies. Yeah, she dies of an overdose uh, halfway yeah. through the episode. So we see her and then it happens. Um, yeah, so the real case is on Dr. Montrose for uh, negligence. He, he failed to check in on uh, this family. Yeah, yeah. There was, a, there was a question of like, how long has it actually been since we've checked in on this family? And it turned out to be months and months and months. And within that time, the apartment became trashed. The mom re- returned to extreme drug use. The mom returned to beating the the, the son. Um, everything went downhill. And the agency had just gotten way too many uh, people to take care of. So they were like, okay, we're going to try this early graduation program where some people were just going to kind of eyeball it and say, you're good, and we're going to stop visiting them. And that right. that was the the negligence that led to the child's death. So we, we do try to try him for, um, I, I believe I believe it was like manslaughter because of negligence. It, it, it's not murder, it's, um, I think. Wasn't I think it just, what it was. weren't we just charging him for gross negligence, though? Yeah, I think we were, I think, so I thought it was associated with something else, but you may be right. That was what we tried. Yeah. We didn't get it. Um, and I, I'm thinking it's because we really should have taken the plea deal uh, and we didn't take it because we were like, well, clearly this guy's in the wrong. But this guy is a very popular public figure. Um, mm-hmm. The idea of keeping the family together turned out to be just a positive thing that the public rallied behind. Um, right. Right. So, like, for us to try the maximum of what we were pushing, I think it was just never going to work. We should have tried a plea deal. And at least then we would have gotten him in prison because he walked out scot-free. Yeah, which is interesting because so the better you do in these cases, you have a little bar at the top that fills up uh, depending on how much the jury is on your side. Mm -hmm. And I thought we were doing pretty well in that case. Like, I think we had like a pretty full green bar up there. But he still got out of there. Yeah, I think the jury on your side thing, it's deceptive because, like, um, it might. It, it definitely makes it look like that's the thing that matters in getting the jury's the, the, the jury to vote in your favor. But yeah. if like. I think in the case of Dr. Montrose, in the case of episode four, what the. What the game might have been saying was like, the jury's never going to go for what you're doing. But if you get them on your side, you might be able to do a more stern, like a a more strict 
plea deal, something like that. Right. Um. So so that was that was the idea there. I I liked that episode. We were very confused as to why we did not win the trial at the end, uh, just based on how well we did in the trial. But, yeah, I yeah. I was, but other other than that, I felt like it was a pretty strong story they had. Um. Okay. So before we head into episode five, I do want to talk about something that you can check on the stream highlight uh, because I, it happened, and it blows my mind. <laughs> Do you know what I'm about to talk about? Oh, I know what you're about to talk about. Okay. When you're sometimes, not all the time, only when people won't believe you. <laughs> uh, if you're going through the episodes in the in the menu of the game, sometimes it'll be written out as episode three killer smart, but with the first capital E in the word episode, it'll have an accent. And I pointed eight, it out to the chat and I was like why does that E have an accent? And then I, I scrolled and episode four was normal. And then episode five had an E with an accent. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird, but we got the proof. And then like we, we played through another episode and then we came back. The accent was gone. Never. It was came spelled back. correctly it... after that. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of bug is that? That's so weird. That's crazy. I've never seen a glitch like that in my life. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, virus. I mean, I'm glad everything else about this game seemed to work fine, given like, wouldn't wouldn't it have sucked if this like the one game we're streaming, the game that cost like uh, way more than it should. Yeah, <laughs> uh, was just buggy as hell. Like, I'm, I'm glad it was pretty bug free for the most part. I'm glad it had this very weird one bug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a bug that brings you joy instead of a bug that ruins your game. Yeah, it really brings us together and tries to keep the, the group together. <laughs> yeah, we, we laughed, we learned, we loved. Uh, episode 5, Ear Witness. I think this oh, was a... Before before we go into okay. this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can we take a second to talk about how this game looks? It looks kind of cool. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad for something like, like Leagues Above the CSI games mm-hmm. in ways. Um... So it, they do this weird thing where so the characters their the character models are pretty good. Uh Yeah. Sometimes they have a cel-shaded look to them and sometimes they don't, I guess. Yeah, and I think the the cel the shaded ones are the successful ones. Right, yeah. Um and the backgrounds are so they're like still images. Mm-hmm. Uh, some I assume some of them are even just photos with Photoshop filters. Over yeah, them. they look like hard-boiled still images. Yeah, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I would say overall it worked fine. Yeah. Uh, sometimes like when you're in the courtroom doing the uh, court stuff, I think that actually really works. Yeah, because it kind of uh, looks like a court drawing in in, in yeah. like the really uh, far away stuff. Yeah, exactly. But then there's sometimes where you'll be like out in the town finding stuff you need and it just like it looks like character models dropped in front of a flat picture. Which is what it is. Yeah, like Yeah. I, I think it makes sense considering it was an iOS game from mm-hmm. twelve years ago. Like we're we're talking about iPad level power. Uh, were they concerned? about making full rendered 3d backgrounds probably right 
They were probably right. not going to draw out the whole thing for a non-console, non-PC game, like an iOS thing first. It, it's got to be, it's got to be lightweight. And the way they did that was, uh, w- without comprom- compromising too much of the look, was they put all of the graphical intensity in the character models and then put them in front of a flat image. Um, I, it, I'm sure that they wanted to do more. And this is a stylistic choice given what they could work with. Mm. Um, and with that in mind, I think that's pretty cool. But like, I do agree. Yeah. Sometimes the the, the hard-boiled just image, just like picture, like a photograph uh, <laughs> that they use as a background, it's, um, it is a little jarring. I kind of thought it was a cool kind of jarring, but it's certainly not immersive. You know, you, you recognize what it is immediately. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think for this method, it could have looked a lot worse. I think it surprisingly works a good amount of the time. I, th- I think there was only like a couple times where I was like, oh, that doesn't look very good. But yeah. overall, given what they were going for, I I think they mostly succeed. Also, Jared Emerson Johnson does a uh, re- rendition of the main Law & Order theme for this game that <laughs> we heard so much and... I didn't hate by the end, even though we had heard that one <laughs> song so much. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. It was hard to pick out any other music in this game, though. I'm sure yeah. there's some like atmospheric if, stuff. Yeah, it, it's just you're just not going to get stuff like Sam and Max or even yeah. Walking Dead, I would say. Not that kind has of game. some. Yeah, exactly. But what's there is good. What's there is good. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at the, the Wikipedia page. I scrolled down a little bit and I'm looking at mm-hmm. the reception section. It's quite low. Uh, the Metacritic was 53 out of 100. GameSpot reviewed it for a flat 5 out of 10. PalGN, which I, I am not familiar with that publication, uh, gave it a 4.5 out of 10. And uh, that's about all they have. That's a, that's yeah. the only reception they have. Yeah, I was I was looking at that too uh, before we started recording. That that's low for a game like this. Like I I think it's a little better than that. It's not the most amazing game in the world, but I th- I think what this game sets out to do it does it pretty competently. I'd say. I'm 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 uh, I'm conflicted about it because on the one hand I don't think it's that wrong of a score it's just that i know what other things get like csi should probably have a way worse score then and it it actually usually doesn't um i I guess this is not the worst thing that telltale put out yeah maybe it's just because in csi you're doing more you're a little more hands-on with what you're doing yeah like i think this is a better game than telltale texas hold'em but then like if i look at what telltale texas hold'em is it's not trying to be much and in terms of accomplishing the the goal, Texas Hold'em does it 100% of the way, whereas this, um, like, maybe comes a little bit further from accomplishing the goal just because the goal is so much more lofty. Right. Um, so, like, I, I don't know how to do it. I think this is a better game than uh, s- certainly all four CSI games uh, mm-hmm. and, and some of the other stuff we've played, too. Um, where do you think you would put it in in that? Like, other than CSI, what else is like, it better than? Yeah. Um, 
I I know you're not super into Minecraft. Would you say it's better than Minecraft season one? No, I probably wouldn't. Um, okay. Maybe if it was just that first half of Minecraft season one, it would it would be like on that level. I gotcha. But Minecraft kind of redeems itself. Yeah, Minecraft gets more interesting as it goes. Um, yeah. To be fair, I think so does this. Yeah, so does this. Um, yeah. It, I I like there was, there was someone in the chat that said like, is this as bad as Game of Thrones and Back to the Future? And we had to like come in and be like, dude, Game of Thrones and Back to the Future are like full full like games. Um, yeah. It 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 is not as good as those two. Um, but at the same time, it is a much smaller game too. It's probably a much smoother game than Back to the Future as well. Um, yeah. So like it it depends on what you come in for like. Uh, New Tales from the Borderlands was like a real negative experience. I so mm-hmm. I think I'd put it be- below this. Um, I think that's fair. <laughs> like this, this comes in real smooth. It, it a, a fairly neutral experience, especially when we were like comparing it to the CSI games. We I think we had an idea for how this would go, and it, it went like much smoother than that. I'm I'm saying smooth yeah. instead of good because it's just. Like, it's just coming in, like, it's not going to be offensive. It's not going to be, like, offensively designed. Uh, you play yeah. through it, and then you have played it. <laughs> and yeah. there's there were some interesting things in there. Yeah, I, I think expectations for it were pretty low, at least for me. So the fact that it just wasn't awful made me a, a lot more positive on it. But just, like, as a game, you know, it is pretty simple. It does have some interesting stuff in there, but it's hard to say it's, like, this great amazing game that people should play yeah okay so so out of everything we've covered better than the four csi games better than jurassic park would you say yes better than jurassic park thank you for reminding me that game exists um (laughs) and i i would say better than new tales from the borderlands yeah um in my opinion it's better than the three poker night games or, or the three poker games just because those are kind of just all that they are they're they're toys they're fun little toys but like this is a thing this is see that's tough for me because i get so much out of those like i really like those poker they are just poker games but i really like you know hearing the characters shoot the shit i just it's a game that i would rather be in a game i would rather play i would say at least telltale texas hold'em the two yeah oh definitely yeah maybe you know they have a lot of personality in them oh what about bone um. Yeah, I, I would say it's better than Bone. I don't. I don't know how you would feel about that. Um. I don't know how I feel about that because I I really think just what I was expecting with this game is maybe kind of messing with how I feel about it. Yeah. Because I'm sitting here yeah. like, oh yeah, no, this game was surprisingly this is my not video bad. Game. <laughs> this is the best game. Yeah, it's actually better than anything else we've played on this show. We're off of it. Yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, you have law and order. No, but I I do think like bone. Bone has a lot of drop balls, and I don't think this does. This had a story it wanted to tell, and it came in and it did it. Uh, yeah, it. Yeah. But it's tough because like, I prefer what bone is over this. Like, I I thought this game was good, but I don't give a shit about law and order. Well, you know, <laughs> but you know what really makes me feel that way about it is what? the expanse. Um, so like i i think the expanse is better than this but i think it's close and that's probably where i'm gonna put it 
Okay, I I think that's fair. Yeah. I think I would too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you would put the expanse, the expanse above this? Maybe like a pinch. It's, and it, I th- it has a lot in common, actually, <laughs> in a weird way. Um, yeah, because but the expanse, I was not that interested, and I came out of it, and I was like, yeah, I was not that interested, and I didn't care about it that much. But Law and Order, I was expecting to be way worse, and then I came out and I was like, oh no, actually, that was not that bad. So I feel like I I was more positive on Law and Order, even if it's not like like the expanse is a, a a game yeah this this is like it counts as a game but it's not as much of a game as the expanse is yeah you really get a perception about like how we've talked about things when we were watching the chat go by on twitch and they're like is this the worst thing you've ever played for the podcast and like dude no not even no not yeah close. not even close there's way more way worse yeah this this has some stuff i know it looks boring to you but we're in it <laughs> like yeah we're we're in this world we've uh we know our telltale games pretty well there's some stuff this going isn't on our here. first rodeo not even close to our first rodeo yeah i i i would use i feel like i would be a little more positive than these reviews i haven't read these reviews but i feel like my opinion on what i got out of this game that i did had no desire to play I would be a little more positive. Yeah, again, I'm I'm conflicted just because like I see five out of ten, and I'm thinking about the way we're talking it up about it on this podcast, and I'm like, well, that seems low. But then I remember I just played a game I did not like, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, which is I I, I think um, if I were to go to bat for it, I would say it's the second most boring Mario game behind Ooh. New Super Mario Brothers Two. Um, Ooh, Mitchell letting it all out. And like I just I just played through that yesterday, and remembering what that game is, I'm like, oh well, that's a you know that's a seven out of ten. <laughs> so uh, so this is worse. Like so yeah, five out of ten in the scope of what video games are actually sounds pretty right. Um, yeah, right. It's complicated. It's complicated, but you know that's, if, that's if you've what been the following Facebook this says. podcast up to this point. I think you have enough context to know what we mean. Um, yeah. How about episode five, Ear Witness? Boy, this one starts off on a pretty high note. It starts off on a on a real strong note. Yeah, uh, we're we're in the dark, and there's like flashes of um, it. It looks like a visual reference for echolocation, almost. Which is not a power that humans have, but we are made aware <laughs> of the fact that we are in the perspective of a blind child walking with their mother. Uh, the mother is gunned down in a uh, in a in a gang related skirmish. Yeah. Um, but because the child is blind, we have a lot of auditory um, evidence that the, the child saw, but but nothing nothing hard and and nothing visual. We can't point to anyone. And say it was this person, even though there was this ear witness at the scene of the crime. Um, I think our chat loved this episode. Yeah. Um, I thought this one was good. I had a good time with this one. It, it helps the stakes are like, I don't want to say the stakes are lower. Like a person is still dead. Right. But 
it, it's not as like heavy as uh, people who rape and kill prostitutes. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, the uh, okay, <laughs> so I think the 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 general like cool thing about this episode is that there is this blind child who has extremely good memory for details and extremely good hearing um but just couldn't have seen it happen so you're getting a lot of information and it's usable uh like the kid can point to where on the street something like like where the gunshot came from uh or what people were saying even though they were kind of far away before the event happened his memory was great uh, mm-hmm. But like people weren't the y- your opposition in court was trying to throw out this kid's testimony because he couldn't have seen it happen. Um, it, but, you know, we have to argue for the fact that like there's a lot of great studies that say that people who have been blind since birth really can have much better hearing than other people. Uh, it's We should use this. And we ended up successfully being able to use it. I bet you can't some or I bet there is a method in which you deny yourself that option. Right. But we got him. We got little Henry Jackson up on the stand. Yep. Uh, so I think where this episode falls apart a little bit for me was that it, it turns out that the murderer uh, was this guy in a car who was like camping out waiting for one of the gangsters there who just sort of walks up slowly and tries to shoot one of the gangsters uh because he had this uh this wife who was killed by the gangster um but he like as he's walking up just misses and shoots the mom instead and like the the way this comes together doesn't make a lot of sense to me um when you figure out what happened it's kind of like oh is that what happened all right uh, <laughs> Yeah. I get you. Is isn't this the case where like so you see the flashback at the beginning that your character is not there for, but then you have to rely on knowledge that they could oh, have only yeah. had if they were there. Yeah, we have to like answer questions as the player. I guess not the detective for the to the game's credit, uh the player of like, what do we remember from this flashback? Right. And that didn't seem fair. That's a yeah. flashback of a narratively character. Yeah, narratively, it didn't make sense. Like, as as the player playing it, it's fine since you did see it. But for the story they're telling, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, but that's I still the liked episode. It. Yeah, I, I liked it enough. We get through it. Uh, the, the killer is very sorry to the kid. It was uh, an honest mistake. Uh, he yeah, co- anyone he just could have tried to it. kill a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a, there's also a, like a weird white power guy in this episode who 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 tries unsuccessfully to be white power. Yeah, David Zemsa. He he makes videos online where he's just kind of casually a white supremacist. Yeah, <laughs> he he has like the same tone as like a DIY crafts person on YouTube. Like, well, yeah, here's like, one okay, thing you guys, can do. So- so you... <laughs> today we're going to start a race war between these guys. 
One thing you could do is uh, you can find out if one of them died recently and you can spray paint their name on a wall and then in a different color spray paint, you can cross over it. So it looks like the rival gang did that. Like, it's okay, so dude. <laughs> How fun. Yeah, this guy sucks. He's, he he's really very sucks. bad. Yeah. But we also get a great character with uh, Tarvarius Sims. Tarvarius Sims was the gangster that killed the killer's wife, I suppose. Yeah, but, you know, he he feels really bad about the kid. He had some funny lines in there. Mm-hmm. Killing killing people's wives is not good, but uh, he, he was a charming character. <sighs> You're, you, you said it, Dustin. Uh, anything oh, else this episode? Well, so the killer's name is Scott Leonard. Right. Do you remember what uh, alcohol he was drinking? The Mad Scotsman. Because yeah. Because he's mad and his I'm name a is mad also Scott. Scott, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Pretty good writing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I try to drink mostly wolf themed beverages for the same reason. Yeah, it, it's it's hard when your name is uh, Dustin. Yeah, you try to drink dusty beverages for the same reason. <laughs> this doesn't taste great. Dusty Jack and Coke. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Except for all the dust. And except for all the... Yeah, you could have had a new one. Yeah, it's actually not great. Uh, So, okay. Episodes 6 and 7 are actually about the Preppy Jogger case. So we're, we're finally right. going back to them. Episode 6 is one of the old-timey ones. Uh, and this is, uh, w- what is it, like a year after the Preppy Jogger, Jogger murder? I think so. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, this episode is also, a con- this one specifically is also a contender for favorite episode in the series. I thought it was, uh, there, there was a lot of intrigue. I was kept uh, interested the whole time. Good job, game. Yeah, it had some uh, interesting characters like Mrs. Vanderhoek. Yeah, Mrs. Vanderhoek was in it. Um, she, she was a real, whoever was playing her was doing a real performance. Yeah, she had fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so the, okay. <laughs> there was this, there was this very dickish boy. Um, just a real bully jerk of a guy. Named Tag with two G's. Tag with two G's. Were you about to say two G's before I said two G's? I was, and I said it a second after. Why did we? Why did we zoom in on that? Because <laughs> why did we both care I, about that? I've just never seen that name on a person before. It is interesting. Yeah, so we had Tag with two G's. Uh, he was murdered in his school, um, and there was. Just so many things about this episode that we had to learn about the Preppy Joggers case. Um, he, at one point, was considered a suspect, I, I guess, of the Preppy Jogger case because he bullied Harrison last name. <laughs> uh, Harrison Bedford. Bedford, the Bedfords. Yeah, he bullied H- Harrison Bedford, who died in this murder, uh, and Harrison's girlfriend, Allison... Allison, last name. <laughs> Al uh, Conway. Conway. Uh, so he bullied them both. Then they were shot down in the park. Uh, Allison got better. Uh, it, it went through her skull, but she lived. Harrison died. Uh, yeah, he did not get better. 
Yeah, so this is an unrelated murder, kind of, though. Uh, Dustin, what kind of notes do you have here? Um, so, if you remember, uh, Tag, uh, was saying that her baby was his. Yes, because Tag, not cool. Tag actually sexually assaulted and, and possibly raped. They kept it a little vague. Um, yeah, I, I think, Conway. yeah, I think the thing is it was at a party and she was drunk and passed out. Y- yeah, I think And, and they that's recorded true. it. Uh, and he recorded it on video. Yeah. And it, um, Allison actually did not know for sure if it was Tag's baby or Harrison's baby. She hoped it was Harrison, and thank God it was. Uh, it, it, it turned out not to be possible that it was Tag's baby. Yeah. Um, but he's just kept this video around. He's like, I'm going to show it to Franklin Bedford, the brother of the dead guy who could have been the father. And I'm just going to show it to people for fun. <laughs> it's just a fun thing to do. Um, and one of the people he showed it to was like the headmistress of the school. Mrs. Boersma. Boersma. Really? Or Borsma. Borsma is probably. Okay. B-O-E-R-S-M-A. It's a weird name. Probably Borsma. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it is, they just randomized these names. Or remember, (laughs) remember, uh, Tag had the metal shoved in his mouth? Yes. I think that was in order to frame it on Franklin, who was in, yeah. on the golf team, and uh, that medal went to him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it was the headmistress of the school who did this, who actually killed Tag, because Tag was like, I want you to give me a bunch of money, uh, because <laughs> I know that you made a deal with my mom to not let this video get out, uh, because she tried to use the video, the headmistress tried to use the video as blackmail against Tag's mom, who's very rich. Tag's mom right. bought the gymnasium for the school. It's yeah. a nice gymnasium. Really uh, extorting money out of the Vanderhoeks. Yeah, so uh, if Tag's mom is giving money to the headmistress, Tag's like, I want some of my mom's money through you, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to blackmail you that you tried to blackmail my mom even though I'm the guy in the video and I will go to jail if this gets out, I'm going to just use it to oppress you somehow. Yeah, he's not very smart. Yeah, he's not a good person. Yeah. Uh, so sh- the headmistress shoots him and tries to blame it on uh, Franklin Bedford, the the brother who does hate Tag and would have had reason to do it, but uh, did not do it. Good for Franklin. Yeah, a lot of moving parts in that one. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But, you know, a compelling episode. A compelling episode. I, but we still I don't, don't really know who, uh, who killed Harrison. And because Tag's dead, I think a lot of people are just content to think, okay, maybe it was Tag. Um, but he's, de- he's dead now, so we don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, then we find out Harrison is the father at the end. Yeah, that which was good. It's good that that's yeah, true. Good for him. Yeah, because during this time, Allison Conway has been taken in by Giles Bedford, the dad of Harrison and Franklin Bedford. Um, and he's uh, also a very well-to-do person. Uh, so she, he, he's basically just raising her and her son as his grandson. 
um th- this whole time so like um it's good that harrison's the real father because that means that you know she has more of a connection to this family anyway and and she feels very she belongs there and stuff um yeah, yeah, which I'm, I'm sure will stay that way going into the next episode. Oops, you know it won't. So episode seven is back in the modern era. So it's been over 10 years since that happened. Right. Um, Allison has become uh, acting CEO of Giles Bedford's company while Giles is having a medical emergency. Hey, M- Mitchell, Mitchell, can I stop you there real fast? Yeah. His name is pronounced Giles. Yeah, but it sucks, right? Like, I actually know that. <laughs> I know that, and I made a decision. Because, like, it's so... It, Giles is No, I agree. By a lot, right? I, I agree. That's what I was thinking during the episode. That's some kind of, like, Frasier-ass naming system. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Okay, so Giles, whatever. Yeah, it starts with uh, protesters. Uh, they think... The protesters threw someone over the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, but it was uh, a little stunt. Well, not just any protesters. Um, the protester, in quote, that alerts the police that someone threw someone over the bridge turned out to be Franklin Bedford. Hey, uh, it's Franklin. So Franklin from the last episode, he's he's back and he's no longer a kid. He's now um, a, a real bearded guy. Yeah, they don't get they don't get much bearder than that. Yeah, he's uh, like he dropped out of college and he's just been sort of a vagrant kind of guy. Really not what I wanted to hear for uh, for Franklin. His life is not good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the mannequin that they see that they try to make it look like a a person uh, has Giles's information on it. And it turns out it was Giles. And it, it's a plea to the cops to investigate Giles Bedford. Right. Um, who, who, Giles Bedford has his own little medical emergency, so he winds up in the in the hospital. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of hospital scenes in this episode. The the I guess what it comes down to, if we're to summarize it very quickly, is what if Giles had his own son murdered? Uh, why yeah. would he do that? Well, what if... He was actually just trying to murder Allison Conway, um, and his and Harrison wasn't supposed to be there. Uh, Could you imagine? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the idea. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he tried to murder Allison Conway because she was pregnant with his son's son, and like she's not well to do like the Bedfords are. And it'll ruin Harrison's life and his chances at stuff if this teen mom is, is attached to them at the hip and they have to get married at, at such a young age and, you know, stuff. So why don't we just kill her? Really yeah, take her out Yeah, it seemed the easy way out of this whole situation. Also, because he's stressed out, he's taking the, this medicine called binaxaline, uh, which we are making the extreme stretch to say is a Benang reference. <laughs> <laughs> Benangzaline. Uh and Benaxaline has a lot of uh side effects that make it just makes you out of your mind a little bit angrier. So in this makes you a little uh, crazy, a little little angry. Yeah, in this drug fueled rage, Giles Bedford hired a hitman to kill his son's girlfriend. Uh and the hitman fails at killing Allison, but does accident not really accidentally, just be Giles didn't know Harrison would be there. 
uh, kill Harrison. And that is what happened. It was the dad right. the whole time. Uh, Franklin knows this, and he's trying to get everyone else to believe it too. And uh, they they find some some proof via Mickey Tr- uh, Tremblay. What's his name? <laughs> Trevelyan. Uh, Mickey Trevino. Trevino. Um. Yeah, he gets the proof through Mickey Trevino, who happens to know the hitman that they think did the the preppy jogger jogger murders because the gun was connected to him right yeah um so they find it out and then we we put giles away now he is a now he is a criminal sorry giles yeah um i forget why but in my notes i have a hot dog stand yeah yeah there was a really interesting looking hot dog stand in this episode that they just like stand in front of at one point. I, I think that's why I wrote it. I think that's one of the scenes where I was like, this background style maybe does not always work. Well, I thought it was, it was, it was very, it was funny. Cause like they walk in front of the hot dog stand and we've never really commented on the background in like five episodes at this point. And right. we're both like hot dog stand. <laughs> Look at it. Look at it. It's something, <laughs> something changed. Yeah, um, so I'm glad we put him away. Yep, me too. Uh, and then it ends with uh, you talking to Lenny Briscoe at his grave. Yeah, so it was, like, the Preppy Joggers case was always Lenny Briscoe's uh, special interest case. And we only solve it after he died as uh, Ray Curtis, so... I, I, it was a, it was a touching moment to send back to him. If I knew about any of these characters at all, I might have even felt a way about it. <laughs> yeah, a way. I, yeah, I turned out to not feel any kind of way about it, but it was, <laughs> it was, I think, what they, the, the maximum of what they could have done. Yeah. Um. By this point, boy, I that brain fog was setting in. I was just like, it was very hard to make good choices in the court case. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hard to recall what had been said. Hard to call out people on their lies. We pulled through, though. Yeah, we pulled uh, through. Yeah. Uh, and I had a, a somewhat okay time with the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's, that's 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 fair to say. That's what video games are. Somewhat okay times. <laughs> really, they all just devolve into somewhat okay times. <laughs> it all right. Um. Yeah. So I I'm really glad that we played that. Uh, we won't do any more nine hour Twitch streams. I think we're done with that. <laughs> one and done. And moreover, we're done with any kind of weird one off anything. Until we finish the the podcast, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless uh, there 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 might be a uh, Sam and Max thing. Yeah, maybe. maybe. We'll see. Yeah, depends on if, how that. Works if you're out. good, if I'm good, no. If the audience is good, oh, if you're good for it, yeah, you can pay us money, and then we'll we'll do anything. Oh no, I mean like if they're on their best behavior. Oh, okay, they're not. Uh, so <laughs> we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series, next. Uh, so that's what we're heading into right after this. 
and we're just going to go back to one episode per episode. Uh, we're we're going to do it normal times. Normal yeah, some style. real some some real vintage telling the tale. Yeah, what we what we're the best at, I would argue. Yeah, what what we become pros in in our long journey. Uh, after Guardians of the Galaxy, we're doing Minecraft Story Mode Season Two. I think is next, or is it Batman is next? Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> I think it's Minecraft Story Mode Season Two after that. Okay. And then Batman: The Enemy Within, and finally the final season of both the game and our podcast, Walking Dead: The Final Season. Ain't that just crazy? It's it's so within our grasp. 19 episodes across those four seasons. Yeah. And that's it. That's that's still going to be a while. That's still a while off. But like compared to everything we've done. Yeah. We're like right at the finish line. We're, we're really approaching it. Uh, yeah. There's there's a few other things that we talked about that we can do. Um, I guess we'll just say them here on air. Uh, okay. We, we've thought about possibly covering Sam and Max. This time it's virtual. Uh, which is a virtual reality game. The technology behind virtual uh, virtualities has plagued us for some time now that we haven't been able to figure it out, but there might be uh, developments happening that let at least one of us play that game. Yeah, we don't want to promise anything, but uh, let's just say uh, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, it, it might happen. And if we do that, I think we might do that before the end of the actual season. Um, yeah. We talked in the past about uh, us playing Escape from Monkey Island as the one Monkey Island game that we've never played, both of us. Right. Um, and, and that that would be a good, very special episode. We might do that. Um, it, it has been requested of us, and it's really the first request we ever got that like we weren't going to do anyway, so I do kind of feel compelled to seriously consider it. Yeah, we got like a few requests for this, like within like a couple days of each other, just suddenly got brought up by a few people. Yeah. Hector Red Badge of Carnage, which was a Telltale published game, not Telltale developed. And it was uh, like out of all the Telltale um, published games, there, there was a good like little period there where they were publishing things um, that were developed independently or whatever this is like yeah. an old school lucas arts kind of style point and click adventure game yeah uh, so even though they didn't develop it uh you know their name is still on it as the publishers and it does fall in line with uh other other games we've covered on the show so i think it at least makes more sense than the other games they published to do yeah and i'm actually reading from the uh, hector badge of carnage wikipedia page right now where it says uh, in the development section uh it was developed initially for apple like iphone and ipod touch stuff by uh the strand looper people who are from northern ireland uh but in 2011 it was revealed that the trilogy would be published by telltale games and released for multiple platforms and that first episode that was made by the original people was converted to the Telltale tool, the engine, by Telltale's okay. in-house development team. So, like, Telltale did work on it, sort of. Okay. okay. All right. I think that justifies it. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll probably do that, too. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, but it, it is, like, driven. Like, it, it's designed and written by other people. Yeah. Um, Which could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
and, and that was around uh, 2010, 2011. So there's there's that to look forward to. That yeah. That's something we may do also. I don't know if we'll do it before we finish it. It might be uh, like between A things. Because after we finish the, the length of the podcast we want to go, sometime after that, probably, depending on how they're feeling about it, Telltale may <laughs> release The Wolf Among Us too. Yeah, they might just decide not to. Yeah, and so if the podcast is finished before that game comes out, then we're going to have to, we're going to put some stuff in, in that gap. But really, the podcast is going to finish at the end of The Walking Dead, the final season. That's going to be the real end, the canon end of the podcast. Uh, and it's 19 real canon episodes away. <laughs> yeah, no, no more, no filler stuff. We're, it's going to be all... All main story canon going forward. Yeah. All, except for those ones that aren't. No killer, all spiller. It's just, it's, it's right in there. You can scoop it up with your little cup and take a sup. Mm. Have a great summer? Wait, no, no, no. Hold on, Mitchell Wolf. Okay, what do we need? I believe you're forgetting our segments. <sighs> What's your weekly guy? <laughs> Uh, I'm giving it to Tarverius Sims. He he had some good laughs. I mean, okay. it's it's hard to it's hard to really have a weekly guy for a game so just full of awful people and normal people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tarverius Sims is a good one. Uh, mine mine is going to go to the defense lawyer, and you play as the prosecution. So this is the opposition. The defense lawyer mm-hmm. in episode seven. Where we're talking, we, we have uh, we have Franklin Bedford on the stand. And the defense mm-hmm. lawyer is defending uh, Giles Bedford. Almost said Giles. And uh, <laughs> up to this point, you're, you're given a lot of tools for opposing the opposition lawyer's uh, remarks. So you can say, objection. And then you have a lot of tools that you can say your objection for. One of them is badgering, which is just clearly when the lawyer is insulting the witness. You can just say, hey, this right. is badgering. Stop this. Um, <laughs> Stop this right now. Yeah. And, and like the, the opposition lawyer in this case, they turn him up to 12. They turn him up real high. And he's like, <laughs> so, Franklin, did you ever feel like a little shit when you were disrespectful to your father? <laughs> and then you could, we objected to it like, objection, that's badgering. And then uh, the judge says, yeah, that's badgering. And then <laughs> the the lawyer says, my apologies. Withdrawn. You see, there's nothing worse than a son <laughs> who is ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he has this really smarmy look on his face when he says that. And we object and a second time. object again. <laughs> We're like, dude! <laughs> He's still doing it. Stop it. <laughs> And, and then, the judge is just like, "Come, really?" Yeah, and he's forced to just go like, "Okay, withdrawn." <laughs> like he didn't just totally shit the bed in court. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, he's my weekly guy. That's a good one. Just the the most aggressive, stupid lawyer. I, I, I like that it was kind of paired with, uh, you know, by that point we were seven cases in, so we knew, we knew when to call these people out. So yeah. like, we, we were just like scoring all these points and this poor asshole was just looking worse and worse by the second. 
so what's your golden moment? So this one I feel a little lame about because I wrote down just any of Lenny Briscoe's little quips and little comments. They are pretty good, yeah. Do you have but a specific I, one you could pull? No, that's why I feel so lame about okay. it. I didn't write any of them down, and it's been a couple days, and I don't remember any. But I just remember getting good laughs. I I, I remember there was one case in particular where we were like, Lenny, come, you have to know this is not the right time for this. <laughs> you, you have to get it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was the one with the dead kid in the alley. And we were just like, this is like by far the worst time to make a joke. <laughs> yeah. <I think>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People were saying, oh, he thinks he's on a different show. Um, yeah, he, he's he thinks he's on CSI. He thinks he's brass. Yeah. You know, but he died. So I think he just had to make the most of his cases where he was alive. Mm hmm. Uh, Dustin, I, I'm telling you, I'm having a really hard time pulling a golden moment here. It's tough, isn't it? Because these, it's like I said with the weekly guy, these are just kind of like normal, it's not like wackiness. Oh, I have foot, one. Like Sam and Max. Oh, okay, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, sometimes they show the jury. They, they don't <laughs> do it very often. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, they don't do it very often, but sometimes they show the jury and they show the jury like politely sort of nodding. <laughs> to a to a point that you're making like hmm, okay but the but the thing is it's not a whole jury it's just one of them yeah one they're of not gonna model the whole jury it's just one guy yeah and it's... so you just <laughs> narrow in on one guy who just politely nods it is my golden moment <laughs> that's good that's a good one yeah um now we're done now we're able to finish okay anything else we need to talk about we're good not no we handled all the stuff we would be talking about here already okay well that's been seven episodes of telling the tale in one podcast you're welcome and thank you for listening until next time stay cool in that summer sun have, okay. have a good have a great summer <laughs> wheel that one back and saved it